Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to be a guest in the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. Okay, so today I have Neil Levine on the line, and he is a partner and executive board member over at Markham LLP. Neil, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. It's uh, always a pleasure. All right, Neil. So I'm, I, we're, we're getting ready for Atlantic City Microcap Conference. I think that you're going to be, you're, you're moderating the panel. Or are you on a panel? Like, t- tell me a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah. So being one of the, I'll say elder statesmen of the accounting <laughs> industry at age 62, I've been around a long time. I've been at many. Wait, 62? That's a baby. That's I'm a baby. That's not elder statement. <laughs> yeah, well, compared to what I see in the industry, but I've done a lot of panels. I'm moderating a panel mm. on Wednesday morning trends in the microcap space, mm. and I've invited some of my friends, both in the legal and other accounting firms, to be on the panel. So we always have a good time. Mm. Now, do you work often in, in in the micro cap space? Is this one of your one of your um, areas of focus? So, I guess when I started doing the public work in 1999, I'll say I was with my own small firm. I guess we were 35 people, mm. and um, we really were bottom feeders, so to speak. And we started off on the pink sheets and the gray sheets. Mm. And then, you know, the micro cap. So, yeah, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy taking some of these micro cap companies up, let them uplist to the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. It's always fun to take a small company and bring it to the top. Oh, that's got to be cool to see, like, especially when they start with you and then they, you know, you see the company do well and then they get to, they get to rise up. What, what draws you to working with these, these, these CEOs and like these, and these types of companies? Like, is there anything specific that just keep, keeps you in the game? Well, you know, with the experience I have and I'll say the Rolodex I have, mm. uh, I don't even know if that's a term anymore, but it is. I got my my audience is uh, my audiences are see are are you you're you're my audience. Yeah. So uh, what happens, Adam, is I'll get these young companies, young uh, CEOs mm. or CFOs, and you know to add value, it's just not about hey, can we do the audit? It's yeah. Levine. I call everybody by last name and say, hey, Levine, can you introduce us to a hedge fund or? Do you have a banker out there that can help us? Or what about an SEC law firm? So, you know, I'd like to bring more to the table than just, hey, we can do this audit and move on to something else. It's always try to be something added value. Hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the the current regulatory environment. Anything is, in your experience, is it um, like what's it like right now compared to historically for you? Yeah. So historically, when I had my own firm, you know, I was in charge of the PCAOB inspection and we always were happy and we would say, hey, we got no comments. (laughs) And that's that's how I would compete against other firms. Now it's tougher. Quality control is paramount for every firm. Staying up on technology, hiring Mm -hmm. the right people, 
you know, Markham just set up their own AI, artificial intelligence. Mm. So regulators are being really difficult. And what's making that difficult for us is the younger generation of today, to be a CPA, you Mm got to get 150 hours of college in, which is a five-year degree, not Mm -hmm. a four-year degree anymore. So, yeah, the regulators, they're making it difficult. So a firm like Markham with 4,400 people, you know, the the smaller firms are coming to me and saying, Levine, can you buy us? You know, we don't have the technology. We don't have the quality. So it's tougher for the workers because we have to do a better job. Mm-hmm. And it's harder for the smaller firms to really stay in the business. So you may say, hey, Neil, you know, what, what's Markham doing at a microconference? You know, you mm-hmm. do 600 public companies. You guys have all the companies on NASDAQ. You're number five in the country. But, yeah, we take these microcap companies. We, you know, go through corporate governance and we really put them on the right road so they can be successful to deal with the regulators because really nobody wants to be in trouble. Nobody wants to lose their license. You know, it's not like the old days. This is a a very difficult regulatory environment. Yeah, and one of the things that's interesting is I've kind of uh, so I'm I'm newer to well I should back up a sec so um, just for us at least so I would mean I was in finance almost 14 years but I was uh, an advisor and so I you know came at this from a whole different side of the, like the coin I'm just looking at the you know what the, the content they're putting out but now so this is my first time going to the a micro cap conference or really covering micro cap at all actually in terms of like on this side of the coin so to speak or this side of the mic I should say right so to go out there to see what to see what ceos are thinking about right now i mean i am newer to that like for you i mean you've been doing this a long time and like you just mentioned you know insight into 600 plus companies so i know it's not a one size fits all but you know let's just say that the temperature like what's on the mind of some of the ceos out there right now from, from your perspective well the temperature for the micro cap ceo would be hey, we're a smaller company, we'd like to do things right, we'd like to stay in the game for, say, a year or so, maybe two years, you know, on the OTC, which Mm -hmm. is the -the over-the-counter, and then uplist. So, hey, when you uplist, you're going to NASDAQ, you're raising bigger money, and if you have a really good product, you know, sometimes you need a place to start and this is a, a good place to start. I mean, um, when you're a microcap company, you can even start by uh, not having audited financials, just getting your financials done, call them unaudited, people can see them. Then you can move up to uh, corporate governance and getting yourself audited. It's a slower pace where you can start, but the mm-hmm. bottom line is, you're really going to focus on uplisting eventually. Even um, some of the trends in trading an OTC company that's not audited, very difficult. A lot of the broker dealers, if it's under a penny, they're not even going to let you take the stock. 
but it is a good place to park yourself, get some notoriety, eventually start filing audits, doing your three reviews, and then getting really the right accounting firm and bankers and lawyers to take you to the next level. But they're thinking these CEOs, they have to get started. They may not have the infrastructure to go immediately to a bigger board, but it is a good way to start. Mm. One of my first companies, we took it from a, a bankruptcy probably in 2006. And I was fortunate. I rang the bell. We got them to the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> Amazing. And, uh, I got to tell you, it was it was strange. I told everybody I was going to be on television. And, you know, <laughs> with the with the independence rules these days, they probably allowed it back then. But, mm -hmm. you know, I was on TV. People were calling me. They're like, Neil, we saw you. And I'm like, yeah, it's my company, meaning one of our companies. And I don't know if you've ever been to the New York Stock Exchange where they make you public. You're sitting in a room that's laden in gold, mm. gold tables. And it was really, um, I guess it's something a lot of people don't get to witness. Yeah. I mean, when you go when you go public and you're on the Nasdaq, it's all computerized. So you're behind a screen, and all the computers are doing everything. But with the New York Stock Exchange, there's people running around, and there was a lot of excitement, and I'll never forget that. Yeah. Wow. Is there? I, I've been having this discussion kind of often since I've been going down, you know, and covering this story and covering the conferences. You know, the concept of some of these, you know, newer entrepreneurs, or I shouldn't say newer entrepreneurs, but individuals making the decision of whether to take, you know, private equity, whether they go public, whether if they want to, you know, that other responsibility. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of factors here. So this is not a loaded question by far, not meant to be. But have you noticed, like, from your, you know, from your vantage point, like, any thoughts on that? Like whether, you know, a CEOs or things like that are thinking because of the regulatory environment specifically, and that's where that question comes from, by the way, is it even worth it or should they could raise money? Otherwise, should they go, the, you know, another route? Like any thoughts on that? Very difficult to raise money as a private company. As you know, the investment right now is 2024 for context for everybody that's listening to this in the future, especially right now, January 2024. Yeah, there's, you know, if you go public, you're using other people's money. Maybe you can get more money. It's all about the infrastructure because these micro cap companies, you know, they may have an idea. There may be three people, there may be 20 people. You know, private equity really would not be something that they would do in their infancy, mm -hmm. but they could do. I've seen a few of these private companies to raise money. They've been doing ESOPs lately, mm. which is where the employees sign. The company goes to a bank, mm -hmm. the bank funds them and they sell to the employees. But even that has been very slow. So. What I've seen going into 2024, I've seen a lot more activity. These microcap companies, they're doing reverse mergers again. They're looking mm. for SPACs, which are 
companies that already have money and they need a company with a great idea immediately before their term expires. Mm -hmm. But basically, if I had my own company and I needed to grow it, why not use other people's money if you really believe in it? Mm -hmm. And this way, the investors, they have a way out, right? You give a guy stock. He says, Levine, I don't like this idea after two years. And he can sell his stock. He can get out. I'm talking investors. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, if you're a private company, you know, the first thing they're always asked is, if I put money in, how do I get out and when can I get out? Just mm -hmm. in case you need to get out. So that has been a long-time discussion when you go public as a small mm -hmm. company, and it's still the same question. It's mm -hmm. like, why should I put money in your company? You know, is this a five-year play? Is this a two-year play? Are you going to be able to build your infrastructure to be acquired? You know, and that's where a PE could come in, you know, once there's really good establishment because PE's looking for, you know, quite an EBITDA, maybe $5 million or up. Mm-hmm. So last question here, Neil. Sure. You've mentioned this multiple times, and I'd like to maybe get your, your input a little, you to elaborate a little bit further here, like the importance of the team that these CEOs are surrounding themselves with, whether it's their accountant, their lawyer, like all of these other components that you're mentioning. Like, talk to me about the team. Yeah, so important because with quality control and corporate governance, you're going to want the right accounting firm. You're going to want to pay the right accounting firm. With the regulatory environment, you'll see many, many firms really being barred for five years, three years. It's really, it's really tough. So, but when you're a bigger firm, you know, you do have the quality, you have the work papers, you have everything, you know, that protect the investment community, and you need a good lawyer. You need a lawyer, you know, who's not just going to say, hey, I'll do your Form 10 or Form 10-Q. You know, you're going to need a lawyer who knows the rules, and you're going to need a banker who understands, you know, what warrants and issuing options do to a company's balance sheet and if there's going to be a lot of dilution. So you really, the CEO really needs a quality team around them to execute his business plan really in this day and age. You know, when I came around doing this in early 2000s, less important, now extremely important. Mm. Neil, if somebody's listening to this and they want to continue the conversation and learn more about Markham, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Well, you know, Markham has their website, neil.levine at markhamllp.com. I'm also very popular on LinkedIn. So there's a lot of ways you can find me. If you want to ask to the people running the conferences that I speak at two or three times a year, they know how to get me as well. Be my pleasure to answer any questions anybody has. 
Fantastic. Well, Neil, thank you for coming on the show. And I, I look forward to, to meeting you in person at the conference. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. If you didn't hit that subscribe button yet and you're a new listener, hey, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. We have many more mission-based individuals on the line that we don't want you to miss a thing here. So again, hit that subscribe. And Neil, really has been a pleasure. Look forward to seeing you in Atlantic City. So thanks again. Thanks so much, Adam, and I will bring a winter coat for you. Take care. <laughs>